0: Curt and Kate mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast too. Imagine being imprisoned, beaten, or even worse, killed if a Bible is found in your home.
1: Well, uh, too many people don't have to imagine that; they are living it. And Todd Nettleton, who is with the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, gave us some stories.
0: I tell you what, this is, uh, of course, we were talking about November 5th being the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians, and, you know, one of the things that came up in our conversation that was very eye-opening, I mean, there was a lot there, but the fact that many of these folks have decided to follow Jesus at great cost, not only the dangers from outside the family— but also the dangers inside, as Todd pointed out, uh, the families, and in particular the moms of these families, are the ones that are spearheading the persecution. How disorienting and discouraging and difficult that can be. Hey, Todd, you're always kind of out and about. You just got back from interviewing Christians in North Africa. You heard some amazing stories, didn't you?
1: We did hear some amazing stories from our brothers and sisters in that part of the world. Uh, We met with people who are working or have worked in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt. So we got uh, kind of a 30,000-foot view of what God is doing in North Africa. Here is one of the interesting things, the dynamics for Christians in that part of the world, typically persecution is is driven by their own families Uh, we heard from a pastor who one of the young ladies in his congregation a college-age young lady came to faith in christ uh, left islam behind is following jesus christ her own mother told her i would prefer you had told me you had become a prostitute than you had become a christian that would have that would be less shame for our family that would be less hard for me as a mom to hear that you're a prostitute rather than a christian and i just thought You know, how how do you bounce back from that when your mom says that? The the, the person who brought you into the world, uh, the person who, uh, you know, nursed your wounds when you were a young baby learning how to walk, and yet they are turning against you. We heard from another young man. His own mother told him he had to flee from his family because of his faith. His family was looking for him. He said his mom told him on the phone, we're going to find you and we're going to kill you. And it's like, wow, typically it is not the police in that part of the world unless the family brings the police into it. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of a different dynamic than we see in some other places. And in many ways, I think it's harder. I think it's harder to be persecuted by your family, the people who are supposed to love you and protect you, than it is by the police who you don't even know.
0: It's much more painful Uh, No doubt about it. It's very disorienting. It's, uh, you know, the pain just, uh, it's like a knife that goes really, really deep into your soul and spirit. Wow. Um, What about the guy who was kidnapped by terrorists and he was held for what, three hours? (laughs)
1: Yeah, this is was an amazing story, and, and really, he's still kind of working through the trauma of what happened to him. But he was kidnapped by a terrorist group in his country. They put a black hood over his head. They marched him out the door, and they held him for about three hours. They they beat him. They tried to convince him to leave Islam and come, or leave Christianity, come back to Islam. They asked him about his church work. They asked what was going on at his church. Then they released him. Well, you know, you've just been kidnapped by terrorists. What do you do? He went to the police and said, hey, I was just kidnapped by terrorists. I want to report a crime. The police, instead of asking him, well, you know, what did they look like? What was their car? You know, how are we going to find these terrorists? The police began to interrogate him about his church work. And that went on for hours. Not, again, not anything to find the terrorist or, or where he was held or what happened to him, but all about, hey, why did you become a Christian? Hey, why are you telling other Muslims that they should become Christian too? Literally the pressure ratcheted up to the point where this man and his family had to flee from their country and leave. Um because again, the the, the police, the people who are supposed to investigate crime were investigating him. Um And so that's, uh, again, the pressure. Here's what he said, though, and this is interesting to me because we none of us want persecution. None of us want to go through that experience. But he said, I think all Christians need to pass through this kind of situation. Like I've just been uh, kidnapped by terrorists, interrogated by the police. He said, all Christians need to pass through this situation. It will give them more faith and more strength. He said, before this happened, I thought I knew God. After this happened, I really know God. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments,
0: and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. Kind of reminds me of Job chapter 42. You know, after everything that Job went through, and then that dialogue with God and God revealed who he was to him. And Job said, you know, I repent in dust and ashes, basically, and he said, you know, before I heard about you with my ear, but now I see you with my eyes.
1: Amen. And that is the experience of our brothers and sisters that go through these very difficult circumstances, yet... They find that God is faithful. They find that He is present with them, even in the darkness, even in the really hard situations. And that's one of the lessons they have to teach us. Uh, the, you know, when we go through hard times, God is with us. God is there present with us. So, uh, I love I love going and getting a chance to meet with brothers and sisters and hear their stories. Uh, and I love the opportunity that I get to come back and, and share some of those stories with people right here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard for us to yes. even imagine uh, some of the situations these—I mean—they are—they are overcomers from day one. It is so true that they know, and you know, one of the questions I often ask in these conversations is, "Well, you know, you know, you're a pastor, you're leading Muslims to Christ, but how do you get them ready for persecution?" Mm. Uh, and and one of the conversations we heard in on this trip was that starts even before they come to Christ. Even before they're saved, we tell them, hey, this is going to cost you. Like, this is going to be hard. Your family's not going to be happy with you. One of the pastors told us, and oftentimes we, we mentioned the family is the driver of persecution. Often that includes being kicked out of the home. One of the pastors told us, though, if the family will allow the new believer to stay, we encourage them to stay with their family. Now, Part of that is a cultural thing where once you cut those ties with your family, you don't have educational opportunities, you don't have job opportunities, that, that really limits your future. But he said, the other thing is, we find that if that person stays with their family, Usually, several months or even many months later, we see members of that family coming to faith as well, because they have seen the difference that Christ has made in their brother, in their father, in their sister. Um, and, and so that's part of the reason they encourage it. And again, they tell them, that this is not going to be easy, this is not going to be fun, but, but we think you should stay with your family, because you can be a lighthouse in that home.
0: Mm. Wow. I think about the verse that says, um, even if your father and mother reject you, the Lord says, I will take you up. I'm going to take care of you. I mean, God's Word is not silent about this. And Look at Jesus, right? The enemies, your your greatest enemies, will be those in your own household. It's not like we enter into this not knowing what the cost could be. And I'm so glad those verses are in the Word, aren't you?
1: I am so glad as well. The other thing that happens in these situations is the body of Christ becomes your family. Yes. My family has rejected me, but now my family is the body of Christ. My family is my church family. And so uh, and they do that. They they literally do that sometimes to the point of saying, "Hey, come sleep on my couch. Uh, we we've, we've got a roof you can sleep under it uh, because your family has rejected you." And uh, so when they go to church, it's it's a little different than when we go to church. It is like, hey, I am. I'm going to meet with my family. I'm going to be with my brothers and sisters. And and in some cases, that that's literally true. That is their family now because their earthly family has rejected them.
0: Sometimes we are so overwhelmed when we think about this topic. We're like, how do I even begin to pray uh, for the persecuted Christians and believers? I feel like it's so general. How can I be specific? How do we handle that?
1: Well. You know, as you say, this is such an important day, and our hope is uh, November 5th. And, you know, you're a pastor, you're a church leader, and you say, wow, we've already planned our services for November 5th. Okay. Pick the 12th. (laughs) Pick the 19th. Uh, Our hope, though, is every church is praying for persecuted Christians during the month of November, and really all year long, but but especially during this month. Uh, You mentioned, you know, how do we pray? One of the tools that Voice of the Martyrs has, and actually just completely rebuilt earlier this year, is an app. Uh, It is called the VOM app. Every single day, it pulls up a specific prayer request for persecuted Christians, so uh, it pulls up a direct request coming from the field, from our brothers and sisters who are persecuted, and you can literally set your phone to remind you. So, hey, every day at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to pray for persecuted Christians. Your phone will buzz, it will pull up a new request and help you to pray specifically. Because, you know, like you say, it's easy to say God bless persecuted Christians, uh, but I think it's also easy not to say that. It's not specific. It's not, uh, you know, it doesn't have a lot of information attached to it. But when you understand a name and a face, maybe a prison that someone is locked in, maybe a village where Christians have just been attacked, you can pray more specifically and, and you can pray more passionately because you know a little more information. You know more of what you're praying for.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Hey, you guys have a very powerful video on the website. Wow.
1: Yeah, this is a important video, and, and we do a video every year for the International Day of Prayer. And the goal of the video is simply to put a face on the people we're praying for. This year, the video focuses on Nepal. It focuses on one of our very young brothers in Christ. Uh, His family, when he was very, very young, sent him off to a monastery to be trained as a Buddhist monk. Uh, He was there for several years and didn't enjoy the training. He wasn't treated well uh, while he was in the monastery, and eventually he escaped as a 13-year-old. Now, when he came home, instead of his family saying, wow, we're so glad you're home, they said, why did you leave the monastery? Well, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. His father, again, he was 13 at the time. His father said, well, you've never been to school. If you're going to stay with us, you can go to school, but you need to start in first grade. And so sent his 13-year-old son off to first grade. Well, obviously the other kids are like, what are you doing here? You're too big. You're too old. You shouldn't be here. Uh, Shamed this young man as he went to school, but at that school he met a Christian teacher, someone who reached out to him and loved him and led him to Jesus Christ. Uh, His family, again, wasn't very happy about that either, that he was now following Christ, Uh, but this video is a really powerful example of what our brothers and sisters in Nepal are facing to help us pray, as we talked about, to be able to pray more knowledgeably, pray more specifically for them.
0: Todd, as always, thanks for being with us. Many blessings to you, my friend.
1: It has been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening
0: to Curt and Kate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.